Good morning, everyone. This morning we find ourselves in Psalm 15, a psalm of David. O Lord, who may abide in your tent, and who may dwell on your holy hill? Now, in this day and age, the temple is not built yet on Mount Moriah. Uh, Solomon is going to build that temple there. David is going to help make the plans for Solomon to build the temple there. I believe he's already aware of where the temple is going to be built one day. So many wonderful things happened on the top of Mount Moriah, including the ram caught in the thicket when Abraham was going to sacrifice his son Isaac. That was on top of Mount Moriah. And David also had some amazing things happen on Mount Moriah where an angel of the Lord was going to destroy the people of Jerusalem, and he had a sword out, and David was given a vision of this angel with the sword. And then when a sacrifice was made on top of Mount Moriah, the angel sheathed its sword and put it away. And that happened on the same place that Abraham was to offer Isaac, but a ram was caught in the thicket. And that was going to be the place then where the temple would be built. But at this time, it was in a tent. so. It's good to think of it that way. Oh, Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? And it's an intimacy, right? You don't just share a tent with, with anybody. Um, there's a proximity. There's a closeness there when you're, when you're in a tent with someone. And who may dwell on your holy hill? Who, who may come into the presence of God? Who may um, draw near to God? And here he begins to say, He who walks with integrity and works righteousness, and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put up money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. This kind of thing really inspires me. Um, I love to hear, what is it that God desires? What is it that, how does he want me to live? How does, what's the, what's the standard that God desires for me to try to live up to so that I can be and seek to be a man of God and someone who he's pleased with and honors? Now, we could get into the gospel and say, well, the one that God is pleased with is the one who believes in Jesus, right? Now, that was not fully developed, of course, in this day, but now we live on this side of the gospel, so we know that. And yes, we know that we're saved by grace through faith, and this not of ourselves. It is a gift of God and not of works. But we also know that once we are saved, God desires us to live a transformed life. And we know that a tree is known by its fruit, and God wants us to honor him. In fact, he's called us to bear his image and likeness and to be fruitful and multiply. So we're saved by our faith in Jesus, but we're, we're saved to work. We're saved to live to honor him. And what's great about this passage is it tells us how God wants us to live. And, you know, I think in this passage you could find yourself at times falling short. But even that 
I enjoy hearing about because it's like, Jay, here's an area where you failed and where you can, you can, with God's help, become better. You can, you can work on yourself with God's help to walk in integrity and to do works of righteousness. And then it says, and speaks truth in his heart. I love that. You know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if we have good things going on in our heart, in our inner man, if what we're thinking about and what we're pondering on is Christ-like, if we're taking our thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ, then good things are going to flow from our heart. So it's good to evaluate what's going on in our inner man. Sometimes we can bind the tongue, even though there may be negative things come in the mind or in the heart, but eventually it's going to come out. So what we really want to do is make our inner man more like the Lord. You know, that was the problem with the Pharisees we've heard about as we've gone through the Bible is they were focused on the outside, but their inside was not good. So he speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue. And what a great, just clear word from God that we should not be speaking ill of our fellow man. We shouldn't be having words come out of our mouths that are not honoring. And Lord, thank you for that reminder. Guide us, strengthen us. Um, That is when we should keep our mouths shut. You know, I, I think it was yesterday at church I talked about seeing the good. You know, see the good in things. And sometimes we we could, and some people struggle with it more than others, I think, but see the bad. We can always see and identify what's wrong. And instead of seeing the good and being thankful for the good and living a life that's celebrating the good that we see instead of always recognizing some kind of imperfection. Yeah, there's imperfection out there in all of us, in all man. But we can see the good of people following the Lord too. Nor does he... Nor does evil to his neighbor. And, you know, we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. Definitely not do evil towards them. Um, May God give us that love for our neighbors. Nor takes up reproach against his friend. And we should be honoring those that are in our lives. Um, The Bible talks so much about honoring one another. I've mentioned that, you know, in today's day and age, we live in a very honorless culture. I mean, if we turn on the news, we can see, you know, that the party that is against the current president is going to speak nothing but ill about him. And the, the upcoming uh, race for a presidential election, whoever someone doesn't want, the, the party they're against, all they're going to do is try to paint them in the most negative picture. And this isn't just for the presidential election. This is for, you know, Congress or Senate or whatever it may be. So we have this this vocal calling out of our opponent and making them look as bad as we can. And it's all over the media every day. And I really think that that breeds down into our beings. And we're so quickly just to speak ill of others. And I really think that we need to be more honoring in our culture. We live in an honorless culture. The Bible talks much about honoring one another. Now, in verse 4, it says, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised. Um, 
what that's talking about is someone who's fallen away from the faith or turned away from following God and is living in sin. We do need to see evil as evil. We do need to see sin as sin. Like our honor of one another does not mean that we are permissive towards sinfulness or ungodliness. And we we do need to know what is right and what is wrong and declare what is wrong. Um, We can do that in an honorable way, but you know, our honor shouldn't be to gloss over what sin is. Um, But who honors those who fear the Lord? Listen to that. And, And how much greater should our honor be in the church for our brothers and sisters, our pastors and servants and ministry leaders, you know, that we would honor those who fear the Lord. I mean, praise God, even if sometimes you may disagree or you may think you could do something better, whatever the case may be, um, that we would honor those serving the Lord in the church and honoring those who fear the Lord. Be thankful that you have men and women of God who are seeking to, to serve him. And man, what a great word. May we honor one another, those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. And I believe what's being said there is the person makes a commitment that could even cost them and does not change, follows through on their commitment, even though there could be some hurt to it, even though there could be some sacrifice to it, even though the commitment may be costly, um, but they honor the commitments they make to one another, uh, What a great thing. What a great honorable thing that is. He does not put out his money at interest. That's a really interesting thing. You know, in the Old Testament, it talked much about not lending at interest. And, you know, I I think there was clearly bankers who lent money at interest. But I think this is more so, uh, in, in my humble opinion, like helping people out and friends, neighbors, maybe people in your church that need help. And you don't help them and then need to collect interest from them. You just you just help them. Um, so on personal stuff, we shouldn't be borrowing at interest. Uh, now, this is a little bit more of an Old Testament thing. I'm trying to think in the New Testament if this is clearly said to each other. But I think it's a good principle nonetheless that we should help our brothers and sisters and people who need help. Um, We should seek to be generous and we don't need interest from those in the church or from our friends. Um, We can just help people out. Nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. And what a wicked thing that would be, right? Um, So many high standards here. This one seems pretty easy. Don't take a bribe against the innocent, but it happens in our world today. and, And no, we should not do that to honor the Lord. And then, David ends this psalm with, he who does these things will never be shaken. You know, sometimes we can focus so much on we're saved by grace through faith that we act like our actions don't matter. And that that's, a, that's definitely something that I believe. And I think that our faith should be shown by our actions. Now, does that mean that we're going to do it perfectly? Or does that mean that you know, we're not going to need to recognize sometimes that we're falling short and that we need to repent and that we need to get back on board with honoring the Lord in our speech and our behavior and our actions. 
I think, yes, we, 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 we realize we need the grace of God because we uh, are all sinners and our sin separates us from God and we need faith in Jesus. But, but we, we shouldn't use the fact that we're saved by grace through faith as an excuse to not change our behavior to honor the Lord. We should be the best people, Christians. We should, be, we should have a lot of goodness flowing from us. Our actions should honor the fact that Jesus is our Lord and, and our Savior. And I'm, I'm thankful for this reminder. And then David gives us this, this promise, so to speak. He who does these things will never be shaken. And I really think that you're blessed by your righteous actions and the fact that you live to honor the Lord. I think you're going to find favor with God and man. And life's going to go so much better when you honor this type of character that David is teaching us today from the Word. So may we take our walks seriously. May we be thankful for the grace we've received through the cross of Jesus Christ. But now, Lord, help us to live to honor you and be more like you. Uh, Let's do this together. It'll be a blessing to all of us. God bless you all.